Okay, we are in Sefer Yecheskel, Perik Ches. We began the first two sentences yesterday, so let's go back by Yehiba Shonah Hashishis to the beginning. And this is a fascinating Perik because, one, it is going to be the third reiteration of the Maseh Merkava, that controversial Perik that began the book of Yechezkel appears again in Perik Gimel, and we saw the rules that we're not allowed to learn about it, we're not allowed to drush about it, it's so mystical that there was real talk of banning Sefer Yechezkel from the uh, repertoire of Nevi'im. So we begin on Perik Gimel, and just to show you how pervasive and strong the feeling of the uh, Mephoshim is, you read Rashi, that first Rashi and Pasuk Beis, Usr lehisponein b'pasuk zeh. Four words. That it is usr to even darshan this pasuk. You don't ask questions. So we are reading it. And so now Yechezkel, this is also going to be interesting because Yechezkel is going to be transported back in time through a vision. He's in Bavel back in time for a real tour, as it were, a visual of the Beis HaMikdash, and he is going to be shown why it is so inevitable that destruction will come. So as I say, it's a fascinating parrot. Start from Pesach Aleph, by Yehi B'Shana HaShishi B'Chamisha L'Chodesh. It is in the sixth year, the sixth year of the Golos of Yechon Yahu. Uh, fifth month would make it Elul, the fifth day of Elul. And says the Navi, Ani Bevesi, I am sitting in my house in Bavel, Vizikne Yehuda Yoshim Lefana, and arrayed before me are the elders of Yehuda. And it's a very distinguished group. They are legitimately righteous, learned people who were in that first gullus of the elite. They are sitting before Yehu, uh, Yechezkel in his home, either to learn Torah, as was their want, or more likely, they are very concerned as to what their co-religionists back in Israel are doing. What is going to be their fate? Remember, it's six years since they were taken into exile. Could it be that Nebuchadnezzar is going to do nothing now, just keep the city surrounded, make it a vassal state, and there'll be no destruction. And they just really want to know what is the plan, the what's going on. Was the, was the temple, was the Beit HaMikdash functioning? Was there any avoda going on? Yes, yeah, the Beit HaMikdash, as we're going to see, yes. And the Beit HaMikdash was functioning, and functioned till the last minute, till 586. And so, they're asking him, and they're sitting before him, but and the hands of God suddenly came upon me. The Ereh, I saw the Hineid's Muslim, and now we're getting back into the terminology of Maseh Merkava. The Ereh, the Hineid's Muslim, a likeliness of the of fire, just total fire, Mimare Musnav, emanating from the loins, Ulamata, downward. Eish umi masnov ulamala kemir hazoar kein hachashmala. 
<coughs> excuse me, it was a fiery substance like the chashmal, and the definition we use of chashmal is a, a fiery angel. And as you see, Rashi says, don't even interpret it. That's it. So he invokes that terminology. And a hand stretches out. And literally grabs me by the hair of my head. And a wind carries me between heaven and earth. It transport me to Yerushalayim. El Pesach Shar Haponet, Sophona, the inner gate of the temple, that's between the Azora, facing north, Achashom Moshav Samel Hakino Hamaknet, where there was the sign, the symbol uh, of provocation, of all provocations against the Kaddish Baruch Hu. What are we talking about? Most likely he is speaking of Menashe. Arguably, if not overwhelmingly the most wicked king that ever lived in either Judea or Israel. And he was the one who put an actual Avodah Zorah in the Mizbeach. He put it there. The only thing is that it can no longer be there. It's not there. It was a one-shot thing because his son Yehoash had removed it. And yet, the Mephoshim say the stain of what he did is so enduring, it's as if it's still there. It is not physically there when we're showing Yechezkel the Azorah. And there is the glory, the fiery glory of the Kaddish just like I saw in the valley when I gave that prophecy of uh, Maset Merkava. And says to Look northward. Uh, that's the direction. I did as I was told. Look to the north. There was that idol, which we know could not have been there at the time, but its remnants were there. Do you see what they're doing? Toevos, Gedolos, huge abominations, Asher Beis Yisrael, Osimpo, that are doing here, Lerchaka, with one purpose, to distance me, Me'am Mikdashim, from my temple, the old Toshub Tiret, Toevos, Gedolos, but that's not it. I'm going to show you more abominations. He takes me to the entrance of the Chotzer. There is a hole in the wall. Dig through Bakir, that hole. I excavated the hole. And there was a gateway. So this is also metaphorical probably metaphorical to the breach that will ultimately take place in that wall. So I cut through the wall. Bayomer Eli, Bo, come, Ure'e es hatoevos, Horeos, 
Asher Hamo Simpos. You'll see for yourself the abominations they are doing here. There I look into the wall of the Chatzer, and there is every remes, that's a crawly kind of sheretz. Uh, animal, Ubehema, Shekets, all the abominable animals, their likeliness, the Chogilulei Beis Yisrael, and all the Avodah Zorah Beis Yisrael, Mechuke Alakir, Saviv, Saviv, are engraved into the walls going around. You're talking about in the Chatzer, they are there on the wall. Moreover, Beshivim Ish Mizikne Beis Yisrael, there are 70 men, and the 70 men, of course, correspond to the Sanhedrin. And they're listening to Yaaznehu ben Shofon, who was the head of the Sanhedrin, Omed Besochom, Omdim Lifnehem, standing before them, the Ishmitartol Biyodov, each man has his incense pan in front of him, the Asar Anon Haktoris, and is raising incense. Kitaris. So one, it can't be the Sanhedrin literally are standing there offering incense in the Kaddish Kedashim, which only the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur is allowed to come in with a pan of incense. So they can't be doing, but it is symbolic. It's through their negligence, through their omission, through their not caring that this has all happened. And uh, the Yosneu ben Shafan was the head of the Sanhedrin. So this is the kind of leadership you have. They're offering the Ketores in the Kodesh Kedoshim, and this is what they are doing. By Yomari line, the Kodesh Baruch says, Hara'isi ben Adam asher ziknei b'nei Yisrael osim. Do you see what they're doing? B'choshech. Choshech isn't the literal darkness, the spiritual darkness. Ish b'chadrei mashkiso. Each one in his inner thought thinking, ki omrim ein Hashem ro'el sana. God doesn't see us. Azav Hashem is ha'aretz. God has left the land in the first group of exiles in Bavel. And the Kaddish Baruch says to me, I'm going to show you bigger abominations that they are doing. And of course, just bear in mind, Yechezkel never leaves his apartment in Bavel. This is all a vision, a very realistic vision. He brings me to the Pesach Shar Hashem, the open gate. Uh, as the Radak says, this is called the uh, inner gate of the Chatzer. Facing north, where we the Korbanos. Very strange. There are women sitting there who are watching the Tammuz crying. The Tammuz was an idol. The Thomas was an idol whose magic was that it had eyes made out of soft lead. And so when you put a candle in its hollow inside, it would make it look, it would provide a visual effect as if the eyes were crying. 
It was called Tammuz because there was a god of Avodah Zohar called Tammuz. Tammuz is also the spring, the initiation of the spring and summer festivals of harvest and prosperity. And so this was a god they worshipped. And he was magic. He could cry on command. By Yomer Eli, Isa ben Adam, O Toshuv This is nothing. I am going to show you abominations bigger than this. By Hashem is the inner Chatzer I'm taking you. Between the Ulam and the Altar, the 25 men there, they're not facing the altar, they are facing east. The east is where the sun rises. You didn't turn your back on the altar, and they are facing east. They are worshipping the sun in the midst of the Azara with the Mizbeach there. They've turned their back on the Azara and they are worshipping the sun in the center of the Beis HaMikdash. Not only that, Have you seen that is there, you know, Nothing further they could do, the Beis Hashem, had they not had enough of this? Kimalu Esa Oretz Hamas, they have filled the land with Hamas, the Yeshuvu Lahachiseni, they continue to anger me, the Hine Shokin Es Hasmora El Apam. Choir's explanation. Apparently, it wasn't enough for them to be worshiping the sun god to the east with their backs to the Mizbeach in the west. They were indulging in probably one of the most vile, obscene forms of Avodah Zorah. They were defecating. They were de- relieving themselves with their backs to the Mizbeach. It says, More el Apam. And they were, there was this foul, malodorous smell filling the Azorah and the Beis Hamikdash for what they were doing. And I too will do in anger and I will not um, show compassion with my eyes. There will be no pity. And then they will come crying to me and I will not in fact, listen to them. And we're going to see a continuation of this visual tomorrow, very disturbing. And so the B'nai Yehuda who want to know what's the future of their, their co-religionists, this is the answer. They will be destroyed to the last man standing. Adkan, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow.